All right, so I know you guys got a lot of time on your hands lately. You're home all day, you're in the quarantine, looking for everything to do, probably picking up some habits that you didn't have pre-quarantine. I got another habit for you guys. I got another skill to pick up during the quarantine. Manscaping. It's a perfect time. You're home all day, nothing to do. Order Manscaped. It's an awesome product. We talk about it on this show a lot. Hit up the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Comes with everything you need to become an expert manscaper. The Lawnmower 3.0, state-of-the-art razor, the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver. You also get an awesome carrying case. Keep all your manscaping products together. You guys can get 20% off right now as long as you use the code DNVR20. You also get free shipping with that code at manscaped.com. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DNBA live show straight from around the world, all over the world. Today we are presented, of course, as always, by Illegal Pete's. Oh, only Harrison. That was a sad one. Oh, Jeez, man. We need we to up, up the energy level here. Today. I know. We're Whoa, who's usually the uh, self-proclaimed best air horn, um, but he is now nowhere to be found. <laughs> Instead, we are left only with D-Line Co. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then down below, we've got Harrison Wynn. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then the ever the, the absent uh Brendan Vote will join us later. And then of course, tonight, yeah, the worst person on earth, my good friend Anthony Irwin. Oh Anthony, welcome into the show. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, I love you guys' intro music. It sounds like an oceans movie. It you, does. It does. Yes. You want to know what I call this one? Huh. Well, I call it Ocean Sample Intro, so it's like anyway. <laughs> you actually it's called a, that because I didn't know if that was what the track was originally named or if that's what you just named it before. You no, that's what I named. So a little. This is like I don't know if this is interesting or not, but I give all of the music samples I have other names so I can remember it, and this is how I remember this one: it's the one that sounds like Ocean's Eleven. It sounds like they just finished their plan, and then because it, it like opens up real loud, it's like we're kicking this thing off, you know. <laughs> we Bad are takes over acting. We are the world's shittiest Ocean's Eleven. If we're Ocean's Eleven, yeah. You know, who's Brad Pitt? Who's Damon? <laughs> we're missing oh, half of us. I'm the George Clooney of the operation. You do sure. have the gray hair, the salt and pepper. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm both of the brothers at the same time. Yeah, how are you going to declare yourself the Brad or the uh, George? George Clooney of anything. That's what are you talking about? <laughs> it feels like it feels like somebody else has to declare you the George Clooney of anything. You can't. That's not something you can decide for yourself. Whoever wants to be uh, Brad Pitt should be eating something because that dude is literally eating something Always. in every scene of every Ocean's movie. That no, Brad, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. He can get away with that kind of stuff. So today's rundown real quick. Um, we're going to talk about game two of the 2009 Western Conference Finals, why we brought Anthony on, a Lakeshire, Lakers exceptionalist and historian. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about – I want to ask the question, now that we have a Lakers person here, we also have Brendan, who's a very big LeBron fan, as am I. want to ask, is LeBron's career unlucky? I keep thinking about this in this year because this was a year I kind of thought he was going to win a championship. So um, is, is he unlucky? And then – I want to talk about Kevin Durant's comments. 
there was a lot of stuff uh, that is coming out in Ethan Strauss's book. I can't wait to read it. The Victory Machine. That's painting Kevin Durant in a not so great light. We're going to talk about that. Then later on, a little spelling bee. Are you up for NBA spelling bee? Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. As long as Giannis's name, I, he's like the greatest, <laughs> best player going right now, and I can't remember how to spell his name. I still I, Google it. Yeah, that's a good point. I know how to. Yeah, I, I know how to obviously say it now. Everybody knows how to say it, but spelling it is is kind of absurd. <laughs> I, I've yeah. not figured out how to spell Jokic's name correctly with all of the accent marks. It's There's one. literally There's one, one accent. Dude. I can't do it. I can't. I, I can't get. I can't make it happen for myself. It's on the well, seat. Nikola. There's Nikola and Jokic. I I, I can't make it happen. For <laughs> we're, all, we're also going to play overrated, underrated, which will be a lot of fun. And then, of course, at the end, you have a chance to come on this show and win a lifetime membership to DNVR if you can get Denver Nuggets questions correct. You probably can't, but maybe (laughs) we'll set out the leak uh, a little bit later. But first of all, guys, game two, the Nuggets win. My Here's my one takeaway from what rewatching the series through two games. The Nuggets should have won game one. They should have lost game two. I guess it evened out. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. It felt like I was watching this game and I literally texted Adam. I have no idea how the Lakers lost that game. I know. Man. None whatsoever. I, I don't get yeah. what, happened, what happened there. Complete opposite perspective. Because watching these games, like people usually tweet a spoiler early on and they'll be like, the Nugs win this game. And it, for three quarters, you're thinking, how? Like mathematically, how does that happen? They didn't really have much of the momentum. I, I thought one and two were a nice kind of flip of each other. Well, it's funny, like, did Denver play its worst half of the entire 2009 mm. playoffs in the first half of this mm. game? They were Dude. dogging it, not running back on defense, not like fighting for any uh, felt, it, it felt any like rebounds weird. or whatever. They were dogging it. Yeah, it felt like it felt like LA nightlife undefeated first half. <laughs> <laughs> like they've that been be, in LA for a few days at that point. I'd like, be very nuggets to lose the playoff game because they were partying too hard. That would have <laughs> 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 Martin such an insane athlete though that he could have been partying and like nobody would know. He Man, so I gotta be honest, Kenyon's my guy. Like I, I <laughs> So there's the the bit of nostalgia where it's like, I love these guys. I want to go back and relive it. But then there's also the like, when you go back and relive it, then you're kind of like, oh, some of these guys aren't as good. Kenyon's <laughs> number one to me. Like I, I've wow. always said he was my guy I would want to put next to Jokic. Like he'd be the – no, I take it back. It's not true. <laughs> Offensively, it would not work. Would That's so funny, man, because he's better than I remembered him at least. <laughs> like he's definitely – and he had a nice game in game two, I thought. Defensively yeah, just, and offensively. Yeah, here's I mean, one. Thing he should have been thrown out like three different times. <laughs> oh no, man! So, so we've been watching this whole 2009 run, and I hate to admit it because I hate admitting these types of things. But 100, it was more physical, like a lot more physical. And yeah, oh, now yeah. Kenyon Martin would probably have I don't know 12 techs right now at right. this point in the playoff run. If it was if it was today, I think there's no question about it. Another Look, thing, if you get if you uh, get a double technical with Pau Gasol. And you annoy Pau- like you're the wrong person there. How how's yeah. the nicest person ever? Like if, if, if you tweak Pau, that's on you. Mike D'Antoni can attest to this too. I feel like Pau's not around very much. I don't hear from Pau very much anymore. Pau's got he's like a life. He's still literally in the league. Yeah, he's not begging for our attention. He doesn't he's need to be, to be a doctor. Yeah. What's that? Well, yeah, I he's saw like that. trying to be a doctor. Like, oh, if he wants to be a doctor, he will be a doctor. I'm sure of it. 
Paul Pierce is begging to be in the horse competition and trying to get a retirement tour a near decade later. How's going to medical school? <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, no, I was going to say, we can all agree, except for maybe Anthony. Sasa Vujicic, I didn't think I hated him as much as I did. Watch, just like seeing him, I'm like, he's the one Laker that's kind of given me a visceral reaction where I'm just like, oh, this guy. I'm telling you, for, for me, for me, and I I think feel like we have need to have a new segment on the show called The Haters Corner. Okay. Starring, <laughs> starring Eric Weedham. Um, <laughs> number one in The Haters Corner is um, – well, Sasha Vujicic, obviously in there. Jordan Farmar, and um, oh my God, Luke Walton. Oh my God, really? <laughs> I can't stand that guy. What he's do like you have against Luke Walton? He's like right? constantly throwing uh, uh, passes behind his back, and you're like, dude, come on, you're Luke Walton, all right? Just he's like doing good basketball things. He's no, just I, a nice, fun You, this is the haters' quarter. You, Anthony. <laughs> I do. I mean, Laker fans hate Luke Walton now too because he <laughs> yeah, was that's true, yeah. as a coach. So <laughs> I, I wonder if it was easier to be because I I was a huge Luke Walton stand, believe it or not. Like I thought what? this was not shock me at guy, all. Well, Zach Lowe has the uh, Luke Walton charge <laughs> every year because it's yeah. like honestly, Luke Walton is like the Wancho. It's not that he does anything great; he's just always in the right spot. He like by it doesn't show up anywhere in the box score, but it's. But I don't even think. I don't even think uh, Bill Walton is a Luke Walton stand. Like, who's a who's a Luke Walton stand? He's like, yeah, oh, Luke's all right. Luke is all right. Well, I'll be honest. Luke Walton is every but um, myself included. But no, I do think it's easier. Like, so tonight, game ball, Lannis Claza. Like, this is and what's funny is the Anthony Carter from Game One is the Anthony only Anthony Carter everybody remembers. They don't remember him being like solid or a good teammate. They only remember him throwing the ball away. And I feel like every Nuggets fan only remembers game two, Linus plays it because his career three-point percentage is like 32%. But he's but, a shooter, baby. He's a shooter. <laughs> he's a 41-point game man. also. Yeah. He's Tory Craig, and I remember him being Malik Beasley. How about <laughs> Mark Jackson on the call? Where he's like, you move the ball, it will find a shooter. And we got a slow motion shot of Linus Clayza. <laughs> Linus how, how Clayza, it? there's another Oceans reference. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Linus. <laughs> um, uh, like, how, how is this happening in the Western Conference Finals? He's not well, a shooter, I, actually. He's I think Clayza benefit, benefits a lot from being like that 6'6 European guy who looks like he should be a good right. shooter. I think he's right. like six, like, six nine, six eight or six. Well, nine. I, like like you know six six yeah, plus yeah, yeah. guy, you know like oh. like like bigish guy who looks like he should be a good shooter has a nice stroke, so people just think like, oh yeah, he was knocked down. But like, <laughs> right, not, right, not right. Really. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's because nobody else can remember anything else he was even decently good at. So it's like it, has, <laughs> it has to be shooting, you know. Yeah, but he also has devastatingly good looks. Like a lot of times they Devast- would zoom into jaw. Yeah, I was devastated more than once when they would show his face because he had like sort of a like a mean look to him, but like then those piercing eyes, I was smitten. Yeah, Clayza was definitely not the one show. Clayza, I don't even know who to compare him to. He was kind of like a JR to be the Lithuanian JR. He just tonight he happened to make them all, so uh, he was great. I see that Price three hundred three in here says that Andrew Bynum. I don't. I didn't hate Andrew Bynum. I actually li- really liked Andrew Bynum. I hated Andrew Bynum a lot. Why? So did his neighbors, right? Big DJ Barea guy. It, it's weird oh, because yeah, I remember cool. him being so much better in this series than he actually was. Like just looking at his stats for what he did in this series, not not really a big factor. But well, I he just got better killing the Nuggets for some reason. Anthony, when when was his best season? Do you remember? 
the year they traded for Powell, he was a monster. He was actually that year. That was the uh, 08, no, 07, 08, 08 year yeah. where uh, it started with Kobe demanding a trade. He was he was open to playing on Pluto, according to Kobe. And <laughs> uh, and then he came into the year and Bynum was Very playing hard. out of his mind, was playing really, really well. And it was enough to convince Kobe to kind of stick around. Then Bynum gets hurt. <laughs> that didn't uh, dislocates his <laughs> dislocates his uh, knee. And then they trade for Powell, and you know, here we are. But but the best Bynum, we never saw the same Bynum ever really again. Yeah, he was though. It's it's you're right, Anthony. It's he's the butt end of a joke now. But there was a 12 to 14 month period where you were wondering if Bynum was going to be a legitimate problem for years to come. Oh Bynum, yeah, he was the yeah, second yeah, best. Uh, he was the second best center in the league behind oh, Dwight. Yeah. yeah, he had like best offensive big man in the league uh, ceiling, and, sure. and might might have been at one point. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was really solid inside, like really light on his feet for his his like size and strength. Yeah, great he, feet. He kind of reminds me of a child star because he came in at like 17. He was super, yeah. super young and he retired kind of early as well. But it, he kind of seemed like a guy that missed the childhood. And I think you see this a lot with bigs where they like later on in his life, it seemed like he just wanted to go back and do college age things and, right. and stuff. And him going out of the league, he went out hilariously maybe there was a dark side of this but he went out on his own terms you remember him taking three pointers as soon as he was, <laughs> up he was just ahead of his time adam what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he like going bowling and stuff when he was injured yeah. and like throwing bangers at his ha- at his rented house it's <laughs> like oh no, he, he showed was... up like this was like early days of social media he was like 2009 somebody on twitter had him like at their house party <laughs> <laughs> i remember i remember this uh just like it was yesterday he was uh recovering and back then they had just introduced uh the gravity uh treadmill right where it oh, yeah. was like it would it would measure like the percentage of the weight that you were running on and it was basically a tracker in the la times it was like Bynum is at 40%. He's at 50%. And then he got to like 70%. And everybody was like, oh, heck yeah. He turned a corner. He's about to come back. And then a clip goes viral of him in like a Ferrari jacket at you at the at the Playboy Mansion with like a Playboy bunny on each shoulder. Oh wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> it was incredible. He's just he trying was, to get in some like weekend weightlifting. <laughs> he was like he was he was recovering to do that stuff. It wasn't to yeah. come back and play basketball. Fun I just facts. remember in Cleveland with his hair. Yeah, oh, he yeah. had a new hairstyle every day. <laughs> I've been to the Playboy mm-hmm. Mansion. As a laborer, it is wild. There's just peacocks oh. and monkeys walking around. As a laborer, what do you mean? Yeah, as, a laborer? as like, like as a help. No, like I was like, I think hey. it's called a, a fluffer. Were I was you like, like hired for some party. Yes, that's exactly what was happening. Oh. I wasn't he was like random spotter. He was just making yeah. sure like the one bunny didn't fall off. There's Brendan right there. No, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wasn't invited. To the, to the playboy mansion. or welcome but it, it is it is like a little weird like there's peacocks and monkeys walking around and like there's i'm monkey? not in now i have expert, a restraining but... order yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now for some reason i'm not allowed back you and you and uh johnny drama not allowed back i almost got uh destroyed by p diddy's security guy because like i was supposed to have a specific <laughs> vodka bottle on the table and oh. Ciroc, and he he just walked over oh. and threw it all off and put Ciroc down and I was like, hey, my boss told me to. And this dude just turned around and looked at me and he said, what did your boss say? And I was like, nothing. nothing. Was it minor? <laughs> it might have been. I was too short to get a good visual. It could very well have been Andrew. What did your boss say? LA's so weird. Yeah. That's incredible. LA's incredible. so weird. 
<laughs> that is a weird, the weirdest character. place on earth. It definitely is. It's fun though. It's fun. Um, Can we go back to Anthony Carter though? Because <laughs> sure. Like, <laughs> were, wait, were we ever Adam on Anthony Carter? <laughs> well, Adam was like making the case for like he was better than people remember him for being. I uh-huh. I remember Anthony Carter, Carter fondly. Like there was nothing. I, I literal text I sent to Adam. There was nothing that made me happier in yeah. 2009 in that portion that that like month or a couple weeks stretch where Anthony Carter walks onto the court because it usually meant Chauncey was walking off. Well, and then for some reason, George Carl had him guarding Kobe, which, yeah. you know, well, <laughs> certainly a choice. <laughs> I mean, your other options were Dante Jones, who picked up four fouls in about four <laughs> minutes in the first quarter. In the yeah. uh, JR, so not really an option. <clears throat> uh, Mello and like Chauncey. I mean, they didn't have many options. I think Chauncey was their best option. I were, Would you guys have been that freaked out of... Dante Jones fouling out though was that a big loss? If well, he's, no, he's, no, but no. he's the number one guy you would choose to to pester Kobe, right? If you could, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mello, Brendan kind of had this comment too. Brend, uh, Mello sort of gets a reputation for really buckling down on the defensive end in this series and in this playoff run, and yeah, a little underwhelming. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm seeing it, guys. I'm gonna be honest. Jalen Brown burned Mello for two backdoor cuts in this game, I believe. They like, absolutely burned him. There's like four or five plays where him and Kobe are like really battling, and I think that's what people are talking about. Yeah, yeah. Plays, but not any other like he touched Kobe's forehead once, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And Kobe hit the shot. But <laughs> <laughs> Mello, yeah. Mello was a stud though, offensively. My god, he was fun. He was really, we both just fun he's had watch. three of the worst closeouts I've seen in my life in this playoff run though. <laughs> <laughs> Carl. Um, Anthony, why isn't because we you haven't been watching this one, but well, now we're two games in, and this Nuggets team is really good. This was a really fun battle. There was top end talent. There was interesting role players like Birdman and J.R. Smith. You know, like this Nuggets team to me had enough players for it to be an interesting one. It just seems like it's never talked about. It's almost like a forgotten series. Is it a forgotten series in Lakerland? Well. They've got yeah, fish to fry. Yeah. It was a it was a Western Conference Finals for one thing. So like in the for, for <sighs> Laker fans, it was you know, it's not a final series, and yeah. and it wasn't you know, but also like Mellow mo- leaving, I think really affects the way that people look back on this. It was like, oh wow, yeah. that's, that's right, Mellow was a Nugget for a bit before he was a Nick, and then uh, it was kind of at the tail end of of Chauncey's career, also which. You yeah. know, people think of Chauncey more as a piston, I think, than they do as a nugget. Well, right. And I, yeah. And and so, like, you have that kind of dynamic going on. But, yeah, you're right. It was a really fun matchup. I wish we got more of these matchups, right? I think we only got two. Well, the year before was a sweep. So, yeah, you got that one. But that was that, yeah. that was that was an Iverson Nuggets team that was, I think, wholly different. But, yeah, yeah I, I, this, te- this series is a, a really good one. Um yeah, and, and I think a pretty memorable one, but it, it, it it's kind of funny because I just almost never hear it talked about. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it was it, like I said, it's really too bad that Mello pieced out for New York and was so you know sure had such was so was so <laughs> hell bent on getting to New York because if he sticks in in Denver, you know that's a that's another fun. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a rivalry, but it's a fun dynamic between. Them and the other, the other, not just the Lakers, but the other Western Conference teams that were there. The Mavericks were were there as well, obviously the Spurs. And so, you know, if if the Nuggets are also good there, you have four four teams 
that at any point could the, the Nuggets could have beaten the Magic in the finals. Sure. That that sure. that that could have so that you had four potential t- title teams that were all going to go up against each other for for that little run there. But you know, Melo was more interested in getting to New York. There's only one person I've ever heard say that the Magic would have won that series, and that's Matt Moore. Howard. No, Matt's that's, that's very Matt Moore take. <laughs> I wish I could frame that somehow. Yeah, he also said it on the Locked On Nuggets podcast, which I just like died at. <laughs> like, like, like would have or could have, right? Because like would have, would have, yeah, of course, would could. have. No, he said would. Yeah. He would have. He would take Orlando on that series. Which you know, who knows? Orlando guys- very easily could have beat the Lakers, though. Like they, Courtney Lee missed a layup in Game oh, Two yeah. that could have sent it back to Orlando with Orlando having home court advantage. That could have been a really interesting. God bless Courtney Lee and his inability to make that layup, but but they were really good and and you know steroids help, but but they were really good. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> do they? Wow. Good basketball? <laughs> they do actually. As it turns out, yeah. 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 Remember, remember <laughs> David Stern was like, yeah. "No, steroids don't help in basketball. It doesn't." It's like, what? what are you talking <laughs> Excuse about? Excuse me. Right, well, we got to keep it moving. Is there anybody, anything else anybody wants to say about this game or the series from tonight? I just wanted to. Oh, go ahead, Harrison. Oh, I was just going to say, we were talking about Anthony Carter. Going back and watching that pass in game one, it was a bad pass, but Chauncey didn't really help him out much on that either. Like, Chauncey really could have come to that ball or just kind of helped him out in some way. He really just let Ariza jump in front of him. I think Anthony Carter is the third most guilty person in that inbound play. Meaning there's two people. Who's the second, George Carl? George Carl's probably number one. He should have never had – they had – um. Was it Lamar Odom? Shadow yeah. so yeah. much more size on him. So he should have never been the guy inbounding the ball. And then, yeah, like you said, Chauncey stops on it. So Anthony yeah. Carter, poor guy. This is this is a hilarious eleven years later campaign from Adam Ares to clear the name of Anthony <laughs> Carter. Right. I know this better get him on your guys' show. Yeah, right. <laughs> at the end of this, he isn't on the show. Yeah. Also, um, last thing for me, Trevor Ariza was like a under twenty minute per game player until this series and then the rest of his career is entirely different he, he like started every game for the last 10 seasons playing 30 plus minutes a game after this series crazy hmm. i was so thrilled when they traded for one thing they they traded brian cook for him which was just godsend i was he jumping was up and down of the, of, of the lakers what's that he was the clays of the lakers brian cook he wasn't really that good. Yeah, I don't think any Lakers fans thought that Brian Cook was good. Like <laughs> not a single one of us. But but when they turned they turned uh, Maurice Evans and Brian Cook into Trevor Ariza, and I was thrilled about the trade. Uh for one thing, he was a UCLA, UCLA kid, so I kind of liked him coming out of college. And then he got here, he shot out of his mind in the postseason, which really allowed him. I think for one thing, it, it it showed how valuable he could be if he hit that shot. And then it really got him to focus on making that shot a lot more. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it completely changed his career. The 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 uh <laughs> he was stuck in Orlando. He got drafted by New York. It was just bad c- circumstance after bad circumstance. He comes here to the Lakers, wins a championship, and then you know, is still in the league somehow ten years later. It is kind of wild that he's still in the league. Yeah. I heard his tenure in Phoenix was not that great. Um, all right, did you have something else vote before we move on? Do you guys think Melo gets another shot at a title if he stays in Denver? Man, the next year was so cursed for the Nuggets. I, I mean, know. Getting, 
the, the 2010 team should have ran it back and they should have challenged the Lakers for that one that year, but it was just, it was a cursed season. It's like the end of the rope. It felt like, right. And then next year he was asking out. So it was just, it, yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know. It did feel a little bit like it had run its course, but I do think had George Carl not gotten cancer, maybe things would have been a little bit different, but I don't it's know. A, it's a big, what if man, it's a big, no, they, it, they absolutely would have had another chance. Like if they could have reloaded with more players, like, there's different Kobe eras in in Los Angeles. I mean, like it, it ebbs and flows, but like Melo gutted the Knicks to in order to go there. And <laughs> like it, it, you know, it's like he ruined both teams. If he would have stayed in Denver, he absolutely would have had more opportunities Wait. to go to. Well, I so you're saying because the, the Lakers were better the next year. And I think we're better equipped to beat the the Nuggets if Melo was still around. Yeah, but I'm saying though, though, I mean, you're you're right. It would have been, you know, it's they still would have had to have overcome him. But the Nuggets were, I mean, just a better team that next year as well. And then and they were on pace for a better record until George Carl got got cancer and they lost like 20 of their last 30. But it does seem to me like 09 was the year. Like this was the if you're gonna pick a Nuggets team that would have maybe won a finals, I think it's. It's the oh, score. without question. Yeah, because I was was Billups ever as good as he was that year again? I think that's the bigger question than no. Like but what, I mean, you what... could get you could get a replacement for Billups. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm not saying that Billups terrified not, me every time he was on the court. Just I'm not saying that Billups could be. You can just plug another player directly in for Billups, but I'm saying like you can build around the core of Carmelo Anthony. You can bring, we had Allen Iverson that turned into Chauncey Billups. You could have brought, you know, there's sure that you could build another team around Carmelo yeah. Anthony. But you have so, that, you have that faith in Melo then. Do you Harrison? Like is Melo a kind of guy that like those parts can be interchangeable or does the recipe have to be perfect? No, I mean, I've been saying throughout this playoff run, like Chauncey was the perfect guy for Melo at this point. Yeah. In his career, I feel like, like I feel like he needed Mello as opposed to Iverson. No, he just uh, needed a uh, he needed Billups as opposed to Iverson. For sure. Yeah. Um, Bill, Billups was really good in 2009, 2010. I'm looking at it though. But don't you think there's something to the idea that uh, they sort of figured out what Mello needed in a teammate and what he needed uh, to complement him on the court, and then once they figured that out, he just bounced, and then it was just starting all over with an entirely new cast of characters. Well, yeah. what, what kind of team do you build around Melo is the question that I always kind of fall back on. He, you just he can't have really, him be the leader. He wasn't really a facilitator. Oh, well, right? no. So, I mean, he was clearly a number one option. like Number one scorer. Yeah. yeah, 2008, 2009, 2010. Like, he, he could be your number one guy, I feel like. Yeah, yeah I, I just think finding a balance between making him your highest, highest usage player, but also, like, benefiting or, or, or trying to make up for his – relative lack of facilitating skills I, I think that'd be kind of a tough thing to balance and i think that's always something that he that that plagued him you know from from this point on throughout his career yeah not just the defensive stuff the defensive stuff is what everybody points to but if you're going to have the ball as much as carmelo yep. anthony 100%. wants to have the ball you have to be able to create for others in a way that i don't think he really could yeah. well, so, Melo didn't win very many playoff games let alone series so i mean right. his career sort mm-hmm. of bears that out Mm-hmm. This team needed one more shooter, probably. They had enough defenders, I feel like, on the perimeter and on the interior to kind of offset Mello. Maybe just one more shooter would have would have done it. Maybe one more perimeter defender as well. Um, if Clayza was really like a 
Six thirty seven. player that people think Clayson was. Thirty three percent guy. Then they're golden. If you guys are looking for an awesome takeout option, tired of cooking at home, want to switch it up a little, check out the Breck Brew Farmhouse. Of course, an awesome partner of ours here at DNVR. Support our partners in this time, just as you guys have been supporting us as of late. And we seriously appreciate it. Cannot tell you guys how much we appreciate it. But the Breck Brew Farmhouse is still open. You can pick up, you can order it for delivery. They just expanded their delivery radius. You can get $5 off your food and beverage purchase from the Breck Brew Farmhouse when you use the code DNVR or when you mention DNVR. They've got everything. Ribs, fish and chips, chicken, bacon, ranch, mac and cheese, a power bowl, salads, whatever you want, the farmhouse has it. Also check out their new Mountain Beach beer. It's a sour. It already has the seal of approval from us here on the podcast. So you can get that delivered or picked up too. So check out the Breckner Farmhouse if you guys are looking for an option for dinner here or lunch. Also guys, like I was saying earlier, not much going on during the quarantine. We're all sitting at home looking to pick up new skills, new habits. How about going back to school? How about taking a class at MSU Denver online? Go to msudenver.edu backslash online. Check out all the courses they offer. They offer 750 classes. They also offer 40 plus online and hybrid programs. They got something for everybody. Business, communications, finance. I'm sure you could find some philosophy, some arts classes in there. They've got something for everybody. It's a great time to check them out. MSU Denver online. And if you want to browse their course catalog, msudenver.edu backslash online. They've got 750 classes, 40 plus online and hybrid programs. More than 80% of MSU Denver alumni are right here in Denver. And also if you're working and trying to go to class at the same time, MSU Denver can help you complete your degree. They never want you to choose between your work schedule and your class schedule. They can make both work for you. Again, msudenver.edu backslash online. Check out all the great programs and classes they have to offer there. All right, let's move on, though, guys, because we're behind. We're going to have to skip the LeBron stuff. But let's ask um, – so so Ethan Strauss's book just came out, and I have a couple things. So first of all, there's a section here, Kevin and me. I'm just going to read the quote here. I reached so out great, to great chapter title. Great chapter title. <laughs> I reached out to Kevin Durant for the chapter. Uh, this exchange via text ended as follows. Him, F you. F your sources and your book. How much money are you paying me for my chapter? Ha, how much money you think it's worth? Not enough. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, he just insulted himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm not interesting. Um, so that sets the tone for how this book was going to go. Uh, you always these, I got these snippets are incredible. They're incredible, and um, you know some backstory here. Ethan is the one that asked the question that Kevin Durant said, "The who are you?" You know, he, he did that whole thing, the whole back and forth. Let's they were pretty contentious, and Ethan has kind of, you know, he said some things on podcasts. But he hasn't necessarily really gone at Kevin Durant's throat. Apparently, he was saving it all for the book. <laughs> he played this perfectly. Man. He, re- he, re- he really did. I'll share another um, another little excerpt here. Apparently, he really hated uh, he really hated Maurice Spates. Go figure. Of all people. So good. Um, are you guys seeing this? Is it popping up on there? The most- the it's wrong. the same one from before. Yeah. Like Kevin me still. Oh my god! You got to be kidding me. Here, let me pull it up. I know how to. Do- <laughs> I know how to do this. It only takes me like. 10 seconds here. Come on, Clooney. The snippet <laughs> blew me away today. The, the Spades one, can you see it now? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you did not have to be a star or rising star to draw uh, Katie's envious ire. 
When uh, Mo Sp- Spades returned to Oracle Arena, he got a hearty ovation from the crowd. Mo Buckets had been a fa- fan favorite. Um, he wasn't a flawless player, but his enthusiasm was infectious and fans loved it. Uh, but KD complained that basically that he got more accolades from fans than he did. And at one day after a game, KD was sitting there uh, while Mo Buckets was talking to the local media and he loudly looked over and said, how can you call yourself Mo Buckets when you never average 20 points per game? Jesus. I mean, I don't even roast Eric that hard. I don't like Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. I kind of do, yeah. But you don't deserve it. I surely don't. This, Like, seriously, though, so we know – Eric and I were talking a little bit before this, but Katie, if we rewind back to whatever it was, 2013, 12 – The anti-LeBron. The anti-LeBron. Riding Nobody. a bike around Oklahoma City. The back, back, back. Back. The the Remember the servant? Look at the we should have known with the servant. We should have known, like, now nah, nah. this guy, this, this probably isn't going to work out well. What happened? He passed up on, what was the nickname before that, right? It was like the... Something good, the Durant. Uh, Slim Reaper. Reaper. Slim Reaper. Slim Reaper. Slim Reaper. Slim Reaper. Anybody who passes up on the Slim Reaper for the servant, you, you, we're heading down a dark path here. This is not going to end well. Great take. The Slim Reaper was a great name. It's an incredible <laughs> turnaround, honestly, for for our guy KD. I mean, I've never seen I've never seen anything like it. He's honestly. among the he just comes off as one of the most insecure. And and look, we should say these are snippets from a book. Context is we're missing a lot of context. I I can't wait to read the book. It'll probably be what I do this weekend. I am so Ethan's like my favorite writer. I can't wait to get into it. I think it's going to be a fascinating story. But I think back a lot to Bill Simmons' book of basketball, and I really love the part about the secret, right? This idea that basketball is a team sport, and, and even though it's obvious, it's actually a thing that these great players have to learn, and they have to like learn how to like take pride in other people's success. Kevin Durant, in the story, hates that Steph Curry is the loved one of Golden State and just like seems to have this personal rivalry with him, and even has a personal rivalry with most Spates. Like, it's weird to me that this guy has two finals MVPs and two championships, and yet he seems to resent anybody getting any credit besides himself. Yeah, how weird that uh, Steph Curry would be a fan favorite on a team that he came to where Steph Curry was a <laughs> unanimous MVP the year before. What, what is wrong with this I, guy? I think it's there's a chance, like, anytime you have, like, I mean, he's so good at basketball, I think people might do some rough approximation to – what we might call genius and someone like in someone else. And I think Katie stands and Katie himself, like there's this small percentage, like, no, I'm actually just misunderstood. I've got some really interesting things to say and you guys just don't get it yet. But all these years and, and with each snippet that comes out later, to me, it seems pretty clear. Like, no, we were just wrong in our initial read on who this guy is. <laughs> and like his insecurity is not some noble, interesting trait that makes him relatable. Like that's, that's being a terrible teammate. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one thing we can all probably agree with or, or agree on is it's that it's probably re- going to go really, really well when he and Kyrie get the team up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely working out. You know what is so funny? And I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a disaster, but it is funny that both of them kind of share the same sort of philosophy the same sort of like, you know, hatred for everyone. So yeah, they you just don't get me. You don't get my genius. You yeah, don't like that. We're gonna all not get it together. So I'm kind of send can we send Ethan to Brooklyn to cover that team? <laughs> oh man, dude, what a power move that would be if Ethan just moved to Brooklyn. I, I've said on the show over and over again, I'm so excited for this Michael Jordan documentary, but all of a sudden now we're starting to get little little crumbs coming out. Might paint Jordan in a little bit of that Kobe light, the uh the Kobe 
um, can be an asshole teammate. Michael Jordan says he thinks he's going to come look at like a horrible guy after watching the last dance. Are <laughs> I'm we, sure Anthony, he will. Are you, are you concerned at all that Jordan is going to like <laughs> the Jordan mystique is going to wear off after this di- documentary a little bit? Isn't the mystique something we created for him that we just ignored a bunch of stuff to create? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of it. That's what I mean, though. Like we he came about in an era and left before the things had kind of changed. And now we all want this. Like we've been trained as an audience to want the like gritty. This yeah. is why Ethan's book is so exciting. We're like, oh, yeah, I want to hear Kevin Durant sound like a douchebag. Like this maybe the last dance is that is trying to feed us that part of him. Well, it's just I, the way that we viewed leadership has evolved yeah like it used to be you punch steve kerr in the face and it got him to play better (laughs) (laughs) then he hits a game winner yeah right and then and then you know nowadays if 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 like lebron had punched matthew delavadova in the face probably doesn't go over as well (laughs) and 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 you know and and i you know i I don't want to shift the goalposts on what we consider a good leader and stuff and, and redefine it based on what we consider good leadership. Now, obviously some of the stuff that, that Jordan did worked. Uh, now, could it have been better? You know, I, I know Steve Kerr has gone on record to say that uh, he, if Jordan doesn't step away those two years, they don't win eight straight. Uh, I would imagine a lot of that had to do with the way that, Jordan kind of handled leadership. Right. I wonder, right. I, I'd be interested to see if that's what Kerr is kind of alluding to there. Mm. But, but at the end of the day, redefining this stuff and, and, and recharacterizing some of the stuff, I, I think you're kind of, you're heading down a, a tricky path there because th- this isn't the way that we always viewed what was needed to be successful in competitive sports. The other thing that you have to consider here is this is Michael looking at himself, which is like a different, it's, it's, you're you're so much more critical of yourself like i remember uh when the tribe called quest documentary came out there was a huge um kerfuffle q-tip wanted the film to be not released because he didn't think he came off very well in it and he didn't come off that great but it doesn't matter like it's like Mm -hmm. it just takes you back to that time and you sort of just see you know how things actually were and for michael jordan you know he he didn't play in a time where every single clip immediately went up online and you were everything was dissected and you had to think about every single part of it in the same way we do now i mean obviously he was the center of the universe so there was a lot of focus on it but i'm sure he just wasn't forced to have as much self-reflection as this documentary is is giving him and so he's looking at it in a different light so i think he's wrong i I don't think he's going to come off like a jerk at all well i i also think too it take it, it it makes Jordan more interesting to me that he's able to watch this and say, Oh, ugh. yeah. Right. <laughs> because I don't know, man. Well, no, because like, I if, think if Jordan has avoided the spotlight, cause he, he's always understood this. Like, yeah, if you can't yeah. maybe, stay away maybe, without the basketball but, stuff. Yeah. But like, he also does, does the person who is aware of his own assholeness go out there and give his <laughs> Hall of Fame speech? Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a great point. What are, what are the odds that players watch this documentary and maybe are a little inspired by Jordan's like ridiculous <laughs> leadership style? <laughs> maybe not like to the level of punching Steve Kerr in the face, but couldn't you just see a Jamal Murray just yes, coming back to training camp and being like, 
I watched that Jordan dog. I'm ready for Jokic to come back and be a little bit. Me more too. Better. I need this. I need. I need the, the Jokic Lebron. I mean the Jokic Jordan. I think Anthony's earlier point is really interesting though because. I think a lot of what broke up the Warriors was KD being who he was, but the media being what it is and the state of the media today was obviously a factor, maybe an accelerating factor. So to the point about Kerr's comments, do they do the eight straight? I mean, maybe some of it is if the media is there to examine Jordan's approach day in and day out, and we're critiquing his approach and not just the results in real time, what does that do to that team chemistry, his desire to be there, and so on and so forth? One of the most impressive things about LeBron's career, every second of it has been under this microscope. Yeah. And, he, I, and he's handled it as well as he has. Could you imagine Michael in the Twitter era? Like he'd be at, at some casino the night before game seven, you know, the, the night before the flu game, right? Like we would have, it's always like a running joke now that he was just hung over in the flu game. It's become a right. bit of a running joke. But if we had definitive evidence because somebody <laughs> snapped the picture and put it on, oh, on Twitter oh, yeah. <laughs> that he was just hammered the night before. Come on. He's out hammering. <laughs> I could barely, tw- but I could barely oh, tweet point, when I'm hungover. Even yeah. if, it, if he was just hungover, that's still impressive. Guys, <laughs> I drank one strawberry sky yesterday, or actually no, I had the, uh, the, the summer one, summer beach. And I had a, I swear to God, I was Not hungover beach. this morning. No, that's what it was. Um, Harrison, where's your where's your list of washed Adam takes or washed oh, Adam? Yeah, one beer and he's hungover. One of the coolest things about working at DNVR over the last several months is that we've started covering the Colorado Raptors. So I've become a rugby fan. It's an awesome sport. We've had a couple different DNVR watches events where we've watched Colorado Raptors games for the last couple of years. It's honestly one of my favorite sports to watch on TV and watch live. If you guys ever been to a Raptors game or a rugby game, you know what I'm talking about. Super high paced, packed with action. I mean, these guys are freaking beasts that play rugby too, just absolute units. And we of course are covering the Raptors here at DNVR. Colton Strickler takes you inside the locker room with the DNVR Raptors podcast. He also has a ton of written content up as well. It's an awesome sport to get into. I'm not bullshitting you guys, 100%. Rugby is a really cool sport. It's got a lot of components of basketball or hockey, super fast paced. There's always action going on. There's not a ton of breaks. There's not a ton of stoppages. Always going. So if you have never watched rugby before, if you're not a fan, if you don't know anything about it, that's okay. Colton's great on his podcast. He's great on the site too. So check him out there. Give him a follow on Twitter. And also keep an eye out for upcoming DNVR watches events where we're watching Raptors games from the last couple of years. It's a great time. Everybody, welcome in. Right, oh, live happy, on the show. Happy the birthday. birthday boy, Anthony, you didn't realize you had to do this. Oh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> Glad to see you figured out audio. Uh, so, David, happy birthday. Thank you very much. It's what still did your you do for your birthday? Um, I worked and I uh, ordered Pizza Hut hot wings. Just like a Michael well, Jordan night. Sounds I just wanted, like the kind of night that he would go out there and have before the flu game. <laughs> I wanted fire on the mountain, but they didn't deliver to me. So I, I just uh, he went for the, for the next best thing, which was 20 <laughs> steps down the mountain. I, I'm a block away, man. I can socially appropriately deliver this oh. to you if you want. No contact. 
No contact. Yeah, that's yes, very important. <laughs> I went out today for the first time in like I went to Denver for the first time in a really long time, like the downtown Denver. It was uh, it was weird. It was very very. Did you try weird. to buy the bar? I did not. No, I did not. It was a quick trip. But I did get a very cool. Where is it at? Very cool Byron Beck bobblehead back here, which I think is uh, pretty. Uh. Yeah, it's very lovely. Got to add it to the old set. Um, all right, so we're going to David. You you're here just in time to join us on Spelling Bee. Spelling. How are how are how bad at these games? So that's a good example. They spelled spelling wrong there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. I think that's the uh, that's the bit there. There we go. That's a, that's I'm just big, making sure they understand. You don't. You want visual humor. You wouldn't yeah. understand. <laughs> um, it's going to be you versus Anthony, and it's okay. uh, first first one to get an incorrect answer is out of here. Go out. You, you don't even get to say money. goodbye. You don't even get a goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'm not going first. If that's, <laughs> that's <not> a... <laughs> all right, I'll go first. Right. You kicked me off the show last time. <laughs> the nice thing is, the first one is the easiest one. First, first question: Linus Claza. Is it me? This is David. Oh, it's okay. me. I thought, okay, all right, Linus Claza. So the whole name. The and whole then... name. And I have to do the spaces. Well, well okay, we'll just do the space. Three three-pointers against the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. All right. L I. Oh, sorry, can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> yeah. Linus Clays went three of seven from three against the Lakers in game two. Linus Clays is plus a shooter. 16. Game high plus sixteen. It's Linus Can we stop with Linus? Linus it is Linus. Linus. It is Linus. Is that an adjective or a noun? God damn it, David. I'm gonna kick you off. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Dan. I'm gonna win. Right. <laughs> this is all the airtime I'm gonna get. I'm gonna throw it down. L I N U S space. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> We've Did I just I, win? I, yeah, you won, Anthony. All right, Joe. Hell yeah. Did you Google this? Actually, you probably Googled this. L I N A S K L E I Z A. Linus Claza, David. It was also in the chat. Please don't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, come on, Edmund Packers. <laughs> so close. All right. You have an easy one, Anthony. You're up now, Anthony. All right. Latko Chanchar. Oh, yeah, God. easy, easy. You should yeah, remember nice this from one. Summer League. Yeah. He does. Right. Um, I'm going to say goodbye ahead of time here. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. B-L-A-T-K-O. So far, so good. Space. Good call. Important. David for that one. C-A-N-C-A-R. Oh, my Wow. He is money. I take back my goodbyes. Wow. I thought you had no chance at that one. Look at it. And Jordan, Jordan shook. Look at him. Technically, those these are special characters, right? All right, this is a little tough. Jordan, Jamario Jones. Okay. Jamario Jones. rigged. Um, I don't know this. Um. <laughs> uh, J E M A R. Gil, he's out of here. <laughs> so close, Jamario. Go watch another movie. <laughs> Mario Jones. So close. All right, David, you have a chance. To... <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
<laughs> Actually, it's Anthony's up again. Yeah, Anthony, I was like, what is he? He doesn't do anything. Yeah, we need another preemptive goodbye before this. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, no. let me hear the name first. Svi Mikhailuk. <laughs> See you oh. later, Anthony. Put him on the spot. Actually, wait, so I, am I allowed to just go with a because it's like Sviatoslav? No, Mikhailuk. If you nail that one, you deserve it. All right, so SVI space. Yep. yep. Oh space man, this was this one always tripped me up. Again, it's a lot of fun. It's a good time. <laughs> Gets hard after the space. Please never let Adam live down the fact that he called himself George Clooney. We yeah. never will. Don't worry. We never will. Never will. That is right. noted. Uh, I understand M so much more about Adam now. <laughs> M Y K H. Mikai <laughs> M Y K H I th man oh, Ukrainian Y L U I Get out of here <laughs> Thanks for playing He should know they've tweeted about it I know I thought Anthony time. had a shot with that one based on how many early <laughs> blogged about him <laughs> I thought he had a shot. <laughs> but seriously, Anthony, great. Thanks so much, buddy. You were Thanks awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Never come back. See you now. Oh, he's back. Uh, you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So now, David, um, you're the last one here. You get this. You get a shot at the steps. Ooh. Climb the steps. The, the, the phrase is force majeure. That's been a topic of conversation over the last week. Or two. Forced. Forced mature. Or some would say mature. Could you use that in a sentence, please? Unforeseeable <laughs> circumstances that prevent someone from fulfilling a contract. That's a definition. It means, it mean, but it, it basically means God got in the way. The NBA may invoke the force majeure. If yeah, okay, there we go. Right. Games. I like how Harrison's the one on point here with like, he's like, okay, I can make a sentence. <laughs> well, the language of origin is French, if that helps, David. Okay. Oh. All right. Do I need to uh, sign any of like you know? David, I swear to God, wasn't <laughs> your birthday? You'd already be out of here. Do not test I'm... George Clooney. <laughs> Just trying to be really, really clear with the rules here. All right. Uh, God. All right. It was really great being on the show. Uh, <laughs> you should probably get the first. Probably get the first word. Uh, I couldn't get Linus, man. All right. Uh, F O. R C E space space M A J E U R. He did it, ladies and gentlemen! Oh, wow. <laughs> Round of applause! Wait, this doesn't have an E in it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Doesn't Force Majeure have an E at the end? Wait a second. What are you doing, Quail? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it, we saw the graphic. It, it's it's it, 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 no, the graphic's wrong. It's there's an E at the end. He's out of here. <laughs> kick kick out George here. Clooney out of the chest. <laughs> uh, oh, All right. You know what? We both got it wrong. So I guess that's <laughs> today on the steps. Eric, give me a round of applause. <laughs> All right, it is your birthday. Nobody has made it past number nine. 
Oh, I'm going to bomb so hard. David, <laughs> yeah, who true. did not watch basketball in 2009. Which I didn't. I didn't watch basketball. The first game, basketball, NBA game I ever like fully watched was when Melo played Denver the first time again. Oh, wow. So like my, my wow. knowledge of all this is like, all right. Well, this could be a real Cinderella story. We'll see. <laughs> Someone said prize. I like your positivity. It's a nice throwback, Joe. <laughs> All right, here. Here's it going. Yeah, here I got a. I'm trying to get a little, trying to set the, set the mood here. Just Can a, we little get a little bit. A little bit of final countdown. Little little final <laughs> countdown for you. All right, we got it. How's that coming through? Good for you guys. All right, good for everybody. First question here. Who was the starting point guard for the Denver Nuggets in the 2019-2020 season? Jamal Murray. That was an easy one. He's one for one. Second question: Who was the ninth president of the United States? What, what kind of animal is Super Mascot Rocky? He's well, isn't there like multiple names for it? But he's like a like a mountain lion, like cougar. Yeah, that, that, yeah. you're right. A mountain lion, cougar, up there, will sure, all the above. <laughs> I don't think he's a puma. No, he's not a puma. He are puma. These are three different things. So he's no puma. No puma is not black. You think of a, that's a uh, panther. Uh, panther? Yeah, it's a panther. Come on, know your animal. Come on, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Number three. I'm sorry. I'm Who was sorry. the Denver Nuggets coach before Michael Malone? <sighs> Brian Shaw. All right. Well done. He Number who four. must not be named. <laughs> Number four. The ABA's Denver Nuggets changed their name to the Nuggets in 1974. Prior to that, they were known by what name? I think they were the Denver Rockets. <laughs> that is correct. Nice work. Now, this is for a sticker pack. Ooh. Which former Nugget was nicknamed the answer? Is that Allen Iverson? Hey, he did it! Sticker hey, pack, baby. Sticker pack. You are through step one. Oh. Do you want to keep your sticker pack or do you want to risk it all for a shirt? Risk no, it, I got to risk it all for the shirt, man. Number six. <laughs> In 2014, the Denver Nuggets traded Doug McDermott. For these two players, uh, that would be well. You mean like they traded Doug McDermott, which would end up being these two players? Yeah, uh, yes. So did I get it for that? That is Gary Harris and Juancho Herman Gomez. He sounded so confident too. I thought he had it. I thought he had it. I did too. Wow. I really like that. Wow. Wow. And you know, but uh, he had a sticker pack in his hand on his birthday. (laughs) To be honest, if you walk with the sticker pack, you're lame as hell. (laughs) No, we peer pressured everyone out of it. And nobody's made it to the shirt. It's incredible. That's because you you ask eight easy questions <laughs> and then you ask like an advanced calc like yeah, you really do, question for you really do uh, ramp up the intensity pretty unrealistically pretty quickly hey <laughs> that's the how i don't make the steps okay actually 100 <laughs> makes the steps yeah all right thanks so much everybody that tuned in to our show today is a lot of fun can't wait for tomorrow night show we'll see everybody then Before we get out of here, guys, Denver Rubber Company, they've been going strong since 1972. 
They can help you out with tons of different projects that you guys are probably doing around the house. They can help you out with pretty much everything from custom die cut gaskets to molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing to custom hoses to custom snow plows. They do it all at DRC, locally owned since 1972. Hit them up 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash the NVR. Of course, tell them who sent you.